up a seat at the bar to join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden File series. Host Tanzan, Maggie, and me bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and die-hard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 12.22, Angels and Demons, where we are covering the novel Blood Rites. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Since the dawn of time, storytellers have enchanted audiences with their words. But there is an even rarer gift. There are those who, by reading out loud, can bring characters to life, out of books, and into our world. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us to do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at www.patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 31 Dresden, Murphy, and Kincaid arrive at the shelter and start to empty the upper floor of the shelter. They evacuate the homeless, and Harry checks out a handful of thralls, one of which ends up being a Renfield, whom they are forced to kill. After finishing evacuating the building, they group up and prepare to enter the basement. So I like right off the bat that Harry's like, okay, go do your jobs, and Kincaid is, well, what am I supposed to do, blah, blah, blah. You know how much money I'm paying you? Figure it the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think, super fair. I mean, kind of, right? Like, you're a couple thousand, you should be able to improvise. Like, Well, yeah, and I'm sure it's way more than a couple thousand, mm-hmm. right? And, like, Harry's kind of like, hey, I don't want to go in first, because chances are I'm going to get recognized for a billion reasons, right? So, yeah, then he's all like, well, how do you want me to do it? <laughs> can figure it out, Jack. <laughs> Come on. Come on. That's what really? I mean. The improvisation really? so started the first few thousand. Yeah, exactly. The amount he's paying him, you should get even more than improvisation out of it. Which, you know, <laughs> vampire killer, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But I like they cover the, the basic going overs too, right? Like, okay, like, legit, what's our response time around here? And then there's like, well, the official time is this. In actuality, it's probably about this, you know? Yeah. Oddly enough, the vampires haven't set up in like the Gold Coast area. Just like, I don't know. You're saying that sarcastically, but if we've seen most of the supernatural do set up in like the Gold Coast area. No, no, no. That's just where they live. <laughs> okay. It's that whole like, don't shit where you eat kind of thing, you know? <laughs> They're like operating in the underbelly. That's, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so these guys that are just, you know, transiently, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Maybe Mavra has a house over in the Gold Coast too, but... For the purposes of this and her lackeys, yes, they've oddly enough set up in like gang territory and, you know, where it's easy and people don't notice when they the go The vibes are just so right here. <laughs> the vibes are just, yeah, yeah, the vibes. Kincaid figures it out. He goes inside and tells them some bullshit. Oh, there's been a gas leak. We need to check the building. Everyone evacuate. You don't look like the regular guy. Interesting. Bye. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I do like this because we 
not had a lot of interaction with Kincaid before this. We only got like a teeny tiny glimpse of it before and stuff when he was dealing. But I just love how it's like exactly right. Judgment's just like, go figure it out. And yeah, do your best to like talk everybody out and don't get shit started yet. Right? And so yeah, so he comes out and he's totally doing like this Chicago accent where he's like changing the sounds of his, you know, words and everything and just be like, oh yeah, it's probably a gas leak, you know, give us a few minutes and we'll get y'all paid. And That's her Chicago it's accent. It's not, yeah. I, I know, it's it's not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to pretend to try, <laughs> but you know, does exactly right. And it's just like, again, like this big badass, like who literally in the last chapter was about to throw down with McCoy, right? And now he's just like... Like, I don't know, high school drama play. Got it. You know what I mean? He's just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm just going to be like Joe Blow. And <laughs> the same that we've seen Harry have to compartmentalize, I'm sure is just such a learned skill for these people who are around for so long. Oh, for and sure. And you get to it right away. But it is fun to see Kincaid do the exact same. Like, okay. <laughs> right? Like, exactly. I just love when you know they're like these big, badass, scary dudes kind of. A, you know I mean? Like, Harry... We're with Harry day in and day out, and and we sort of exactly right. Like we've sort of you know we, we missed the first couple of years, but basically we've been with him from the start, right? And we know he's still a quote unquote kid, and you know so yeah, it's kind of funny to see him go through the well, I'm gonna don a jumpsuit, the work coveralls thing, and pick up like a flower box and just be like, I'm just a nobody delivery man, just ignore me, you know, I'm just gonna get a mop and a bucket and you're gonna think I'm the janitor and, you know, all this kind of stuff, right, where he he does all this sort of like subversion kind of, right, but then it's just exactly when you know there's somebody like as dangerous and as... Again, basically, Kincaid normally is just like that cold and ruthless, right? Harry at least is still kind of like a jokey and a smart ass, right? But Kincaid has that very dry, like he jokes around with him too, but he's also like, you're a fucking child. Can you grow up for a minute? And like, you know what I mean? Like mocks him and he takes him to like pancake house and stuff like that, you know, right? Whereas, much yeah, drier, right? Much dry, exactly. Yeah, he's much drier. And like, like he, he has that sense of humor, but you also know that like he's so much more quote unquote mature, older, has done this, right? Like he's an assassin. He's a bodyguard. He's, but yeah, so it's just like, Lord, he's like, fine, I'll play by your rules. And he, you know. That whole moment of, well, you're not the regular guy. Well, the regular guy's on vacation and they just go along with, there's also a part here when Kincaid also just somewhat threatens them and they're like, okay, I'm not asking questions in this area. I'm going to go. But, you know, here's some 7-Eleven lore for you, okay? Oh, goody. The Slurpee Machine Technician. There's only one for all of Canada. One guy doing oh. all the technician. He starts in... that. That's a busy guy. That it starts on the East Coast and he gets put up in a hotel every night and he just goes through... And he just slowly works his way all the way back over to the West. That's you know, this, to me. this is start. <laughs> no, yeah. But they only need to be. But uh, starting to make sense because that's why the fucking Slurpee machine is always down. Because they've got one guy in the whole fucking country that can fix it. And the same thing. Why every time I want to fucking go to McDonald's. Oh, I'm sorry. The ice cream machine is down now. Different guy. It, it's like they're fully broken. We can call in someone else. But there's one guy who's like has a regular service schedule for them all. And it takes him six months to go through every single 7-Eleven in. The country, so, so is and that then he gets back, and then he goes, and then he gets flown all the way back over to the other end, and starts literally all the way back over again. Oh, I was just gonna say, is this like a six months on, six months off job? No, <laughs> no it just takes six months to complete, and then he starts. And he gets like, you know, doesn't. like whatever, a week or two off, and they fly yeah, back yeah, home, and yeah, then, yeah, but yeah, he basically but, always goes yeah. back to the city he was last, and he just gets back into his work truck, and he drives from city to city to city, and so it happens to somehow land that I see him almost every time. He's every six months. But every now and again, I miss him. It takes like a year for me to see him again, right? Right. Wow. But it's the exact same guy. And it's always been the exact same guy. I've 
been there almost eight years. It's only ever been one guy. If there's ever a new guy and he's like, yeah, let me into your back office, I'm going to be like, mm. I probably will be like, yeah. go along with it, though. He'll be saying the right words. He'll have the tool yeah. belt. But I'm going to be like, I don't know. There's like, only ever what, been one guy. What, what happened to Joe? Right? Did you, did but you, you kill like, him? I he, never asked. Can I, I, can I see the back of your truck, please? <laughs> but I never Is Joe asked Joe. <laughs> I never asked Joe for his credentials. He just showed up when I was a brand newbie and started working on the machines. And I just well, let him into the store. Well, right, but that makes sense because by then you don't know. You're like, well, I haven't been there, so I'm going to assume this is the right guy. But now that he's the guy... Now you're gonna have yeah, But this is the thing though, is like am I just gonna stop all of 7-Eleven proceedings because I just am root to one guy? Because he's not Joe? Maybe they fired Joe, maybe Joe quit, maybe Joe's on vacation. How am I supposed to know, right? But so like this whole Kincaid thing too, I'm like, I'd probably let him in too. I'd be like, sure, whatever. You got a briefcase and a hat, whatever. Do whatever you want. What do I care? Gas leak. Well, I could d- just stay and die. Yeah, right. I mean, this is the other thing too, is these aren't the employees, right? These are the guys that are yeah, coming yeah. for the blood drive. They're just there to get their, I don't know how much it costs to sell blood in the state. They're there to get their like 10 bucks and go do their thing, right? So again, they're not going to put a lot of... That's what I'm saying though. Of, it's like, I, you know, credit to Kincaid for trying a little bit, but also just like, really, you don't have to try that hard. Yeah. Just any random bloke on the street telling you, just go away. It's like, sure, fine. Whatever your problem is, I don't care. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously. Goodbye. So, I, yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think we all do that to a certain degree, right? Where we're all like, you know, they're like, ask people for ID and do this and don't. And they're like, nobody's ever going to because for some reason you feel fucking awkward questioning people. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they show up at your door and like... Like, it's always amazed me how easy it is for me to get into d- to different places as IT. Yeah. And nobody has ever questioned me. Okay. They have no reason not I, to. I think one person has been like, who? I'm like, yeah, fat systems. They're like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'll just go to the server room, okay? Like, oh, you know where the server room? Okay, okay. yeah, shit, you must know what's going on. And that's yeah. it. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And I mean, they I, don't even know if I still work for them. Like, And in some ways, I guess, you know, hey, that's the world we live in. We should be so lucky that we don't have to question and suppose and we're not necessarily, I mean, we're suspicious. We all kind of wonder in the back of our heads, but not suspicious enough that we're really like, I feel threatened by, you know, we're all like, okay, I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) And it usually is. So the next time we're like, it was fine last time. But yeah, I suppose like, you know, we should be grateful for that, that we don't have to, you know, but at the same time, yes, it, it it's a reason that that kind of trope and whole thing works is because you're right. Most of us don't. And you I mean, even like you say, it half seems the time wrong, you, but I don't know enough to refute you. So, well, exactly. you know, I mean, fuck it. even like at our work and stuff like that now, right? It's a little bit all like all over the place. And the quote unquote chain of command sometimes is kind of, you know, so yeah, people show up. And even when you try and ask, you're like, who is that? You're like, hey, okay, you know, whatever, fine. You know, because everyone's like, it's none of your business or I don't know, or so-and-so did it or this is that. And so you just kind of go, okay, like you, you know, you get two or three people down and you're like, hey, I'm tired of chasing this trail. I don't care. Somebody fucking made and do something like, I guess, whatever. That's their problem now. The owners don't know what's going on. That's on them, you know? Don't invade Canada. We'll definitely make it hard for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're just lulling you in with a false sense of security. Yeah. <laughs> Those Canadians. Those first cool. hundred miles is just to protect <laughs> you from what else is in here. <laughs> So at least you come from, like, the north. I was like, we're all, like, actually, isn't it, like, the whole thing where, like, 70% of Canada lives, like... like 99% of yeah, all of Canada lives within the first 100 miles. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's funny. Like it's quite 99%, but... My, my super- no, but, like, 70% of the 90% or whatever the figure is, is all in the Toronto area. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, it's really high. You know why, folks? Because it's fucking cold here. Yeah. We just got through a fucking minus 50 week. And all sorts of wilderness. All sorts. You know, we made a statistical 
error. Was talking about the population they, of America. You no, did. <laughs> they called us out. We was good. They used pictures and everything. <laughs> they came with facts and figures. <laughs> Turns out Calgary's just as big as the rest of them. Weird. <laughs> oh, we're an average city in the United States. <laughs> in my head, like America's just this like metropolitan that just goes on for um, millions and millions and millions and millions of miles, and Canada's a wasteland where there's so much <laughs> space between every city and yeah no hmm. apparently they're just the same whatever <laughs> oops oops my, my random story that has really not a lot to do with what we're talking about but just a tiny bit <laughs> just enough to sneak in <laughs> so. that's all we need on this podcast <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so so when vince started at this new place when he when he moved from fat systems to 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 this other one they were testing out a ticketing system and so he was really bored so he's because he had to like make tickets and, and like sort of re- try to resolve resolve them to make sure that the, t- the ticketing system itself was working. Right. So he's making shit up and he's like, hmm, what would Tanzan write? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was like, oh, that's awesome. Huh. So he made up this story about a bear getting into a server room. <laughs> <laughs> and the next day. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Did the bear have on a cap and a pair of overalls? Because <laughs> <laughs> I see why he got in there. <laughs> but, but the next day, his supervisor was like, so did the bear get out? Because <laughs> he didn't know that people were actually monitoring these tickets besides him. But the part that's pertinent is two weeks later, a deer ended up in one of their server rooms. <laughs> and he's like, oh. As foretold. Well. <laughs> Those deer, man. That is so They're intriguing. Given where most people's server rooms are, I'm impressed that this deer got in there. Right. Is this some weird, like, actually located shed. on the outside wall or something? Like, like a mechanical room that's... Like, well, I know one of the places that we zoo. had that... It, it was, like, uh-huh. in a warehouse. So, I mean, it was... Or, like, okay. So, I guess this was kind of like a shed, like a larger okay. shed. Okay. So, it was feasible. Because I'm just thinking, you know, and of, like, the last few, like, office... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. But I'm just thinking Eighth mostly... Eighth floor of the Shaw building. Well, okay, maybe not quite that. But exactly, like, coming through the front doors past, like, security slash reception and, like, down the hall to that one little closet where everything's... <laughs> But okay, yeah. Oh, you're thinking of fancy ones. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. This is- and they've got their own air conditioners <laughs> and everything. No, and this is in the middle of a farm. Yeah, okay, that, that <laughs> makes sense. I get that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> nice. But yes, to bring it back, yes. Yes, I like that she's doing the whole, like, you're not the regular guy. And he's still giving his story. And he just, like, pulls, like, his fucking machete on steroids or spear on steroids. Because it's his not medieval just, sh- his spear isn't just a spear, thing. but yeah, yeah, his his high deck. Point is, yeah. the and three then they of them like, do make it in. Yeah, <laughs> falls Kincaid into the shelter. He finds Murphy inside at the ready with a group of uh, rather glassy-eyed thralls, and he uh, has to use his sight on them. It's very uh, like that awful description of a sheep slaughtering was terrible. <laughs> it's really harsh, but this it's so hard to read starts off like a roller coaster or something, or. I, I'm just trying to think of that moment like when there's just that moment when everything to you're like, locked into the cage or like it's just all dark for a second before the ride actually starts and you're like, well, it's too late now. Like we're in this. Yeah. And it starts so immediately. You walk in the door and there's the thralls and the description of the sheep mm-hmm. and how beaten down they are. And I legit she- had to stop and like <laughs> got lumpy in the throat. I was like, Ooh. sheep are like, they're not ever really used in a nice metaphor. Okay. <laughs> sheep 
get put through the ringer and <laughs> it's never good. In fact, just prior to us recording, Jessica was slaughtering them with her car and so she could give wool to her friend. So <laughs> apparently she didn't just gift her, her crafty friend some yarn for Christmas. She actually ran over the Listen, if you walk in front of my car, I have a right to hit you. You shouldn't be on the road, animals. She's going for a record. It started with Bambi, and now it's just increased. Now she's like, okay, now I'm all in. Yeah. Right? It's I like, am. I'm going to drive to a farm. See how much I can <laughs> You mean drive through a yeah. farm? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you have been already, but okay. If you are livestock. I don't know. Did your count as livestock? You will be not. I mean. All I'm saying is to animals of the wild, get off the road. Don't walk in front of my car. Walk in front of someone else's. Somebody else has like, unresolved animal issues, too. And <laughs> right? And it's moments like this, I recall, when people ask me why I still live out of town and haven't moved back in closer to my kids. <laughs> Self-preservation, okay? Just don't get in front of my car. You'll live. Uh, yeah. So the so thralls she- are relaxed. Like, not struggling at all. Totally chill. Like Which, sheep. To the slaughter. Like, crazy. It's... A bad vibe, but very helpful to Harry and the gang, who just get to be watched by thralls who do nothing against them. you think there'd be some sort of latent orders in them, like kill things that come in here. I mean, I guess the Red Cross were just working in here, but latent. how do they have zero reaction to them? Okay, latent, I'm pretty sure it's not a word. Latent. Latent. Same thing. Almost. But this is the thing, is I think this is the slight difference here, is that, yes, they're the thralls, meaning the... You'll, you'll, you're like, I don't know, the servants, the maids, the butlers, you're going to do what I want you to do when I tell you to do it. They're not really there to have a lot of their own initiative otherwise, right? They are, they are not the... <laughs> well, they rolled all, a one. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. No reaction but, time. Yeah, it's like they, they only act when you want them to act, when you've given them the instructions kind of a thing, right? So they're not, there's the line of defense. They are not there to be the perfection, per- protection. They are not there to be the, right? They're just like, I'm here until you tell me what to do kind of a thing. So That's the thing is that they're, they're essentially just going to become food when yeah. the time is right. My question is, you know, from what we've seen of other vampires, thralls or similar, you know, Justine and Bianca's whole soiree, they have moments when the venom is like extra strong and they just need to sit for a minute, but they're not totally catatonic all the time. The thralls seem to be like completely just useless, can't do shit all, staring into the void, nothing. I think this- Yeah, they're quite damaged. Okay, but I feel this might be a little bit the distinction between the clans, right? Like exactly with the red court, you get addicted to this narcotic venom kind of a thing, right? So it's like these guys, it's not the same way. They psychically shred your, you know what I mean? Which is why it's so much harder when he's dealing with stuff from the black court and why the black court is so much different from the reds, from the whites, from the right, is that it's... I just don't see the point of the thralls. Why have them that stupid? Just so instantly kill them right No struggle. I think to me, I mean, yeah. That's their version of a fridge. (laughs) I guess, but... Kind of, like, yeah. I, I, I feel it's probably a combination of things. Again, there's probably degrees to which they can. And to me, in this point, right, it's the, it's the... The workers of the blood clinic or whatever, right? This shelter, whatever it is, right? It's these people, these volunteers, whatever, right? So their purpose is kind of to operate enough, like business is normal, that again, like those people that they just ushered out, don't clue in immediately that something's wrong. 
but also not enough to do something about it. Be like, hey, guess what, guys? A bunch of vampires in the basement. You might not want to come in today, right? They've got to have them on that borderline of, sure, come on in. Let's take your blood. You know what? <laughs> they're, See, they're like the we, pawns we in the chessboard. Exactly, right? Well, just come downstairs for a moment because we have a new, right? They're there to facilitate but not think as, enough for themselves. And as a lure to bring more people in. Lure? Yeah. I can see why they're there. Any other reason, I would just be, like, stacking them like sardines in the basement. Like, Yeah, and for all we know, there are a bunch of other ones stacked, but yeah. Maybe so, but, like, that's what I'm saying. The only only reason I can think of is, I guess, to, like, draw in the Red Cross guys to come and try and help these so drugged out, needing of help people. I can't imagine another reason why the Reds would just let them, would be bothered to let them just sit around. Again, I can also see that as, again, just sort of like a power play, like a plaything sort of a thing. You're mine now. You you do what I want when you want. It's just messy. Want. It's How? just keep I get. I, I honestly, I don't. Of their home. I don't feel it as messy as you do. I honestly have never had the same issue. Like, I get some of what you're saying. But yeah, to me, it almost, oh yeah. I don't know. I, I get it from the other way that it makes sort of sense that they're just like. It wasn't an issue with me the first seven times I read it, but it's an issue with me now. <laughs> but now, <laughs> now that I'm going to specifically focus on this chapter and discuss it, wait yeah. a minute. Now that I'm taking some time minute. to think, yeah. damn it. Is, yeah. I just feel like you shouldn't leave your food down the hallways and on every chair and <laughs> in the whole entryway. <laughs> I suppose if it's not going to spoil, right? Like, okay. Oh, you said it is like a fridge, like just, yeah. yeah. As long as they're not dead, they're not rotting. And then the line between dead is a very thin one with the vampires. <laughs> But yeah, I, I do feel like they have that sort of purpose to serve. Is that exactly? Because what do they say? Like they say they set up here for like three weeks or something like this, right? Like isn't this when Murphy's getting all? Right. And, well, and, and Bob doesn't Bob or yeah, was it Bob that goes B- through Bob the levels? Bob did the recon because like the, the the Renfields are the ones that are like really not coming back from it because mm-hmm. they're so broken. And it also depends on how fast that they break them down. Yeah, and then the thralls are just checked out. Right, exactly. It's well, like, part of what makes them a Renfield in the first place is just because of how quickly they do it to them. Yeah, Yeah. right. So, yeah, I feel like that's sort of right. a varying like, degree on that curve. Yeah, but yeah. exactly, right? They're like, they weren't just in there to, like, grab a snack and get out. They've set up shop, so you need to keep the place running as quote-unquote normally as, as possible, right? So you cannot just... I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I feel like we have this thing with... An, I don't know, because again, not my world. I'm probably talking shit other than what I've seen in movies and books. But, you know, it's like drug organizations and stuff like that, right? It's like, you don't want, like, sure, the little guys here and there, they're going to, like, sample some and have some. But if you're going to, like, properly run this business, you can't have the totally addicted, drugged out, gone as fuck guy. Because that's not going to run your business. You're going to be too busy either using the product or losing the money or do you, you know what I mean, right? It's like, you need to be smart enough. To, right, so you've got all the different stages, right? The guys really high up aren't dicking around with that. The guys at the bottom is like, we don't care if you're stoned out of your mind all the time. You know what? You get picked up by the cops, your own damn fault. You get knifed in the gut by a deal done wrong, it's your own damn fault. But at a certain level, you have to be at this level and you have to not be drinking on the job, you know, and not be whatever, right? A difference between uh, Bianca and Marcone, for example, or even the Wraiths or whoever, whoever, who are were well established and they didn't make themselves popular and famous so to speak until they were already big top dogs with money and power and homes and defenses and guards and people and we'll get into how Marcone did his and Bianca did hers and all that shit but essentially speaking Marvra's being very brazen forward yeah just it's not safe the way how fast she's gotten herself. Hey, Dresden, I'm here. I've only been here three weeks. I've had no time to build a defense in a castle and hire all these bodyguards. I've only had three weeks to do it. 
Yeah, impulsive it's, and aggressive. It's just, you should see it as a, a little bit more of a trap in that way. Why would you be like, hey, Dresden, I'm in town. I'm in this random little place that it won't even matter if you blow it up in the middle of this already decrepit, broken down area. I've only been there for three weeks. I've barely had time to get started. Now would be a great time to come and fuck with me, right? Like, I understand this whole, oh, Dresden should go and stop it now before she has time to build defenses. But at the same time, it also seems very like she gets entrenched. It's a total trap, though, just from that. Just why? Yeah. Why would you be waving your little but dangling fingers like- in front of Dresden's face this early on? Yeah, but I feel like he knows that a little bit, too. Like, I feel like he, a lot he, of knows, arrogance. he knows Mavra's here for me. He says that yeah. right off the bat. She's here for me. She's already been bugging me. She made sure yeah. that I knew she was here. I mean, that's the thing is I don't want to wait for her to get tired. I'm going to go now. As you say, right, Mavra's well established. She's been around a fuck ton longer than Dresden, and Dresden knows this, right? So again, he knows she's not going to be this impetuous. She's not going to be this, this. Uh, you know, spontaneous and whatever, right? He's like, there's got to be more to it than that. And he's like, yeah, now because of all the shit that went down with Bianca, she's got a bit more of a personal grudge to whatever. It's not just like, oh, some, like, you know, oh, there's this wizard guy who's getting kind of strong in Chicago, right? Again, he's put himself much more in her line of sights, right? So I feel like, yeah, he does already kind of know. But again, he's also, whether it's a little bit his own, I'm still a little bit new and haven't quite figured out all the, or whether he's just like, yeah, I, I, yes, she's calling the shots, but she's here and calling the shots, and I have no choice but to respond anyway because I can't just not, right? Otherwise, she will just... Again, obviously, like, it, like as we've said before, sometimes things are forced and sometimes things aren't, and this one fell very naturally of Harry just being like, there's going to be a showdown. Do I want it at my apartment or hers, right? And he just chooses to go to her, but at the same time, it feels very like, but damn it, dude, it's still not your call. You still aren't the one in charge right now. You didn't plan this. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, and that's, and again, I, I, like I say, I think that's part of it in the sense that he knows, but does he play it safe for himself? In which case, she'll just keep, oh, you're not going to come and stop me? Okay. And she will just keep feeding and eliminating and enthralling and turning, right? So he's kind of like, yeah, exactly. Rock like a hard place kind of a thing. Yeah, right? Like, I know it's not ideal. And I, yeah, I know she's setting me up on her terms. But exactly, if I wait until it's better, it's all this other shit's going to go down in between or whatever. But anyways, yeah, I feel like it's all very... Rock and hard place, lose-lose situation. Yeah, plan, scheme, oh, well. whatever. Like I wah, say, wah. that that's all these people's job are right now is she just needs these ones to stand around and look like things are. And lo and behold, yes, as he gets down the line of checking for them, one of these things is not like the other ones. One of these things just doesn't belong. Renfield time. <laughs> Luckily, though, guardian angel that she is, Murphy steps right in. Right. The, 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 the site is really interesting this time of how it sort of has changed. It's beautiful. An angel blazing with fury and savage strength spun towards the Renfield, her eyes shining with azure flame. Hey, Murph. So that's, that's consistent coloring, thank, because she was azure before. It's always very depictions of an angel. And just a very battered angel uh, this time. You know, yeah, the... She she took a beating. Warrior angel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, an internal... Psychic. Yeah. Soul punch. But still an angel, and you wonder more and more what the sight looks like from wizard to wizard to wizard. and Right, how would other people perceive her? And mm-hmm. Well, even this, like, it's interesting how he always talks, and I think we've brought this up before, that, like, a soul gaze, you know, it's like, in the moment, it 
feels like it could be like 15 minutes, but like outwardly it's like a couple of seconds. And how Roy's like, oh, him and Murphy met eyes for a dangerously long few seconds before he turned around without, or before he turns away without getting into it. And other times it's like Marcone just, you know, looks to the side in the car and boom, they're in one, right? But it's the same thing, right? So he's in the site, right? So he's... It's all about that intent. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, I just find it interesting from that outward perception because basically he's like, he sees the guy, right? So again, he's the one that's put on the x-ray goggles so he can freaking see through the bullshit and know what's going on. And by the time he clocks, this one guy is a Renfield and the guy clocks that he's been clocked and right, Dresden's like, I didn't have time to react. I didn't have time to defend myself. This guy was coming at me. But Murphy has time to interpret and intercept. shaft of fire. <laughs> Boom. You know. A cop training, man. Uh, well, right. Exactly. Is it simply just that because Dresden's a little out of it because he's doing his magically intuition thing as opposed to just physically, you know? Or is it that she can clock something in Dresden that she realizes shit's about to go, that she, like, you know what I, I mean? I think it like, is Murphy being able to clock either that A, something's wrong with the Renfield, or B, something's wrong with Dresden when he gets to the Renfield. And it is part of just her training and her, you know, you use that sense. Instinctive. Day to day to day to day to day. Well, and he already had her described as ha- having her gun at the ready. Well, yeah, she, she was. was already, but like, all I mean edge. is if he's looking and he's the one that can see, right. oh, this is the, the the one that's wrong, but he can't react. How is she the one that, they're like, they're waiting, right? They're like, Dresden, come in and use your sight because we don't know what the fuck these are. If they're running, well, I took it as like, right? So just the fact that she has that started, reaction. That it started running at him, not just he was standing there and she shot him for no Oh, yeah, no, but I just, that's my meaning. He does, because this is what he says. He says he starts coming at me, yeah. but he doesn't have time to react. But Murphy has time to react on Dresden's behalf when this guy starts coming at him. Like, it's just kind of... Okay. Okay, but it's like, I if I'm so looking that- at you, and you and me suddenly, and then you suddenly come at me, and I'm like, like we're sitting like four feet apart from each other. If you suddenly lunge at me, and I can't take it, I'm going to be really fucking surprised if Jessica, who's four feet away from you on the other side suddenly can can intercept that on that, right? If I didn't but see it coming and we're right this. here. Tanzan's in the middle of us and you start going for Tanzan, Tanzan drops, I've still got an extra four feet to pick up my gun and shoot. Well, I guess there's that too, but it's just, again, the way it sounds like, I just find it interesting, right? Like I just, whatever it is that, like I say, is it, it makes it feel like he, you know, he's like, everything happens so fast I can't react and yet Murphy can, right? But I'm just like, yeah, right. it wasn't meant to be like a confusing no, no, girl. But- <laughs> was just an interesting sort of whatever the dynamic is there but well not only does uh, harry get a glimpse of murphy but gets a glimpse of kincaid for for a second i saw something standing there something enormous malformed something silent and merciless and deadly it had to crouch to keep from brushing the ceiling with 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 the horns curling away from its head and bat-like wings spread from its shoulders to fall around it behind it to drag along the floor and I thought I saw some kind of hideous double image lurking behind it, like the, the corpse specter of death himself. Definitely a little bit different from how he perceives Murphy. Not this blazing white light, azure, halo coming in, but yeah, deep, dark, huge. But isn't that the image of, you know, Harry's team? The angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much, I suppose. But yeah, it's just, and it's funny because you go back to that thing where, where Kincaid's all like, I'm just as mortal as you are. And Harry's like, are you? And he's like, you know, strike me if I, you know, may God strike me down if I'm lying or whatever. Right. And 
you know, so you're like, okay, well, he's already had his questions, but obviously you're not. And obviously it doesn't take that much to see that you're not, you know? So you're like, is again, this more of just the typical... Deny, deny, deny. Well, yeah, just the laconic, whatever, dry Kincaid that he's like, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, Or, you know, is he really hoping that he's going to like bullshit? Is, is, you know, was he legitimately in the moment trying to be like, no, I'm totally just, you know, don't give you any reason to ever look at me like, a, you know, like, I don't know. Because, yeah. I imagine it's a little bit more like just don't ask questions you don't want answers to. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You just, yes, I'm I'm mortal. You just want to, yeah. Ignorance is I blessed, dig. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, that actually could be very well. I could totally go along with that. The more ambiguous he can be, the better for himself. Yeah. yeah. And that, too, we don't know his exact, even... you know, the whole Ebenezer fighting with Kincaid. We learn a little bit about, like, well, that he used to work for people who he doesn't work for now. So you could see Kincaid putting himself trying to distance and be like, what's that? focus on like what I used to be I'm trying to be human now and you should respect my choices and I and I guess there is that whole because literally obviously in intent is power intent but in in the juxtaposition of what we just saw with Murphy obviously Murphy is not actually some angelic being Murphy is top to bottom plain Jane mortal right she's or is she she But yeah, but right, she's dipped her toes in the pool. Please, please, please. (laughs) Right, she's aware of, but this is so at the same time, I get, because that's all I keep thinking, right? Because he's like, because in that meeting in the office, and Jesna's is like, what are you? And he's like, or because yeah, he's like just plain folks or whatever, right? And he's like, yeah, and he's like, you're not. And he's like, I'm as mortal as you are. And so that, that's open for a lot of interpretation. Well, right exactly, there. right? So this sort of right, I find you're right. My brain tends is going to be like, oh, you big fat dirty liar. No, and then I'm like, actually, no. I guess wait a minute. Does just mortal because- just mean you're just going to die eventually? Exactly. Well, yeah, but this is the whole point, right? If Murphy can have this exactly this this thing that we're seeing is exactly not necessarily like it's not. Yes, it's this- a projection of her soul. So Kincaid could just be such a malformed whatever yeah exactly maybe yeah is here isn't exactly is there part of him that's not and that's why because you're right with the renfield same thing you're seeing these other parts of them that both are them and are not them and what's done to them and same with ursula the bear right that man inside was so you know on the cross and being yeah tortured and yet at the same time had also crucified in the stone just destroyed himself as well and had chosen to take the dark side and you know kincaid has clearly chosen some ideas over and over and over again. It's <laughs> made some choices. Yeah. But yeah, I just remember because I know the first few times I read this, I always was like, ha, you liar, see you are not. And then now again, more in this route. I'm like, actually, no, I guess, wait a minute. It doesn't necessarily say that he is or he isn't. How much do you think there's some bias in Dresden's using the site? Oh, 100%. Like, Absolutely, a thousand. It would has- he still see like this angel? That's what I'm saying. Without I, knowing who she is at all? Oh, it's not only that, but what does another wizard see looking at Murphy? <laughs> probably a lot less. It's probably not right. nearly to the same degree. At the same time, the whole point of the wizard's sight is to help them cut through the bullshit and give them a not necessarily clear picture, but, well, but a yeah, better idea it's, it's on somewhat what the situation accurate. is. Like, hey, say, I think it's a little bit like everything. How how do you interpret that? You know, I mean, it's a little bit like when you talk about those like optical illusions and things like this, you know, or right? They're like your brain will eventually take it and put that information together in. So whatever our own coping things are in our lives, right? For some people, I'm like, disappearing into a fantasy novel is how they cope with this. For other people, it's like, no, I need to go watch reality TV and not, you know. But it all kind of comes. So I think that's it, is that there is a certain bias, but you're right. It also is supposed to see you're seeing the same thing. It's just... For example, 
if Justin Dumorne were to look at Kincaid with his moral and value set, would he still see that same type of imagery? Or would he some see something that's more like akin to himself? The wizard side is a Rorschach test. A Rorschach test. These are the blobs in front of you. What do you see? My parents fighting. <laughs> yeah. Justin killing me. Yeah. Well, he's an but, angel. But this is what I mean by I, bias. Yeah. Like, and this is, this is what I think you're right, is that, yeah, exactly. Like I say, to some degree... Murphy, I think, would come across as that because, like you say, that's the essence, that's the core. They're cutting through the bullshit, but would it necessarily 100% be this this gleaming angel? Here's what I think it is, okay? If I look at the sky and I say it's blue, you're all going to agree with me. But if I were to body swap with you and I look at the sky, I'm like, what the fuck? Tansen's seeing red this whole time, but she calls that color blue. Blue, And I call that color blue, but we're actually seeing totally different colors, right? And I feel it's the same thing. Like, yeah, okay, they both see Murphy as an angel, but maybe your interpretation based off of your whole life experience up to that point is like, okay, but is seeing this azure burning angel a good thing for other wizards who maybe don't have a Michael in their pocket and don't have as good experience (laughs) with the Knights of the Cross that maybe Harry does? Dumorne actually sees like a chihuahua. So it's not like, (laughs) it's it's like complete reversal for Demorne. I mean, I seeing a Knight of the Cross is not going to be a good look for him. He's like, I don't like seeing that. That's bad. Whereas these Renfields would be a little bit more like, oh, perfect, my people. Where's yeah. the Shadow Man? He's great. I'll hang out with him. <laughs> Although he's probably too, you know, bullshit for Justin. But you know yeah. what I mean, the vibes. Way too, way too small potatoes for him. But <laughs> So I think this whole, the interpretation is, you know, to a degree, 75% of it's the same across the board, but the other 25% is the whole what we add on to it and how we interpret it and what that means for us personally and... Yeah. Who we're shacking up with at the time? Whose team am I on? I mean, even Lloyd Slate, imagine, like, he was just a, technically speaking a vanilla human. Yeah. But I imagine looking on him in the third sight would fucking suck. Third sight, first sight, what's it? Second sight? Thir- third eye. Third eye? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. The thing, the, with the thing. It's just the capital. The capital. <laughs> the guy. The guy, yeah. Sight with an S. Sight. But, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure he looked much different from day one to last day. Exactly. And he was, technically speaking, human the whole time. He just had access to do a lot worse than most humans get the chance to do. Well, yeah. And again, right? Like, for sure. I mean, even at the start of this, you asked Tanzan if she had a new chair because it looked like a different color to you. Yeah, that's true. Same chair she's had for the last... Different light. (laughs) But the lighting was... Yeah, I'm like, it looked no different to me. It looked no different to her. And you're like, well, it's purple. We're like, "Mm, no, it's blue. (laughs) So sometimes you don't even have to body swap. I, I didn't know it was blue before today either. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> have you ever checked for colorblindness? <laughs> my, I don't know. Is that hereditary? My dad was colorblind, so oh, great. I don't know. He's ruined me. It's fine. Same thing. I used to have like this sweater that I thought was like blue and everybody called it purple and I'm like it's not purple is the dress gold or blue right yeah yeah yeah, exactly so (laughs) gold and white it's an ugly dress actually (laughs) (laughs) so Harry stops his sight and doesn't really want to be touched by Kincaid when Kincaid tries to help him up and See, yeah, that's the all thing. Of a sudden, that, he's like, yeah, I don't want to take your hand now. <laughs> I read this the first few times that I have read this. I thought that that was like Dresden continuing. It's like, I'm the boss. I'm the man. I'll stand up on my own. And it was only on the last, like, like we've not met in almost two months to record this podcast, okay? But I didn't read anything from the Dresden Files that whole time. And then we were going to sit down and finish up the book. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably do another read through again. <laughs> so it was only in the last week that I sat down and reread the whole thing once more. And it was only this time that I was like, oh, he's scared of him because of what he saw with the sight. Not that he's trying to be a macho man who can stand up on his own. Like, yeah, yeah, no. All of a sudden it's like, oh, I've seen yeah, you. Gross, don't touch me. <laughs> and it, and it, it sounded like Kincaid 
recognized his that he that he's been right, seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cuz he, he like his face goes so goes to completely unreadable. His expression became opaque. <laughs> For whatever reason I I, I don't know. Alien quality. You guys probably haven't seen it, but there's like this movie, it's, it's an older movie that it's called They Live. No, doesn't sound like my kind of flick. Oh, it's 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 a terrible horrible awful but wonderful horror movie. But he puts these glasses on and you can see like these aliens <laughs> that are trying that are like basically have taken over the world. Right. And so he's in this grocery store and one of them's like I have one that can see us. Uh, that sort of reminded me of. See him. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been spotted. Coverage been blown. They got you. Made it, made it. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand that that would be hurtful for Kincaid, too. You're just trying to be this guy and everyone keeps knowing what you are and not wanting to be your <laughs> friend anymore. I imagine that's a common problem in supernatural worlds, you know? Not another one. Yeah. Kincaid is who Kincaid is. So you kind of, is he just acknowledging and accepting the fact and being Kincaid and being like, I really don't give a fuck. Or deep down, does it matter? Deep down, does I think care? it would matter. I think, you know. I think Kincaid knows he needs to have his guard up around Dresden now. Well, that was. I don't even think it's. He's, he's I, under the eye of scrutiny, Should I should say. Not, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even go that far. I think it's just one of those things like everyone deals with Harry being like just brand new 20 something year old loser on our time scale of hundreds and hundreds of years. And this bitch wants to constantly walk up to us and be like, I'm with you guys. I'm we're, we're all the same. And everyone's like, yeah, okay. We knew your mom. We knew your grandparents. We knew your great grandparents. Go away. Get away from us, tiny little baby. <laughs> but as he learns a little bit more and more, they're all a little bit like, okay, okay. You actually can sit at this table now. You know some things and it's more worrying for them to just not necessarily, I'm afraid of you in this moment, but I'm acknowledging that you are learning. I was going to say, it can be a little bit, not that, you know, Kincaid is or isn't that sentimental. Or I mean, I like Kincaid as a character and, you know, we see bits and pieces of him beyond here too. And, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I can accept he's not a particularly nice guy. He's not a particularly, you know, it's not the same thing as like Murphy being tough, but really you're like, oh, Murph feels and stuff, right? But I can also see that little bit that you're right. Up until now, Kincaid has somewhat got to control his version of the story, right? He is to Dresden what he has let Dresden see. He's the wise ass. He's the cool, calm and collected. He's Ivy's bodyguard. He's great in a pinch. He's, oh, what? I just shot a few people. Well, most people miss on occasion. Well, what's the point of shooting? He knows how to market himself right now. He knows how to market, right? But now, now, now it's taken away from him, right? Now it's like, oh, now I can't pretend anymore, whether he was legitimately trying to make him believe that or not, right? But you're like, now he knows... I can't just pretend I'm Joe Blow or I'm this or that. Like, he has seen something. And he's, like, you know, not at the point where, like, maybe you knew that point was going to come at some point, you know. And similar to the soul gaze is that you don't know exactly what he saw either. Well, yeah, right. And it's, well, they didn't soul gaze. No, I'm saying similar to a soul gaze. Oh, similar to a soul gaze. He doesn't know what he saw. Yes. So there's always that ambiguity, too, for the person who has been seen to be like, oh, shit. Right. What have you seen? What are you interpreting? I don't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit like that rom-com thing or whatever, right? Where, like, you, you know, he'll meet a cute thing and then they, like, don't know something about you and you just kind of go with it and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, damn, it's, like it's not just a fly-by-night. So now they have to, and of course, inevitably they discover that horrible thing about you through somebody else instead of you getting a chance to tell them and that's taken away and you're like, but I'm not really that person. And Like, imagine you're playing a game of Clue, but you don't even get to know what card you show them. You just have yeah. to show them a card and it's totally random and you don't get to choose. That'd be a fun way to play Clue. That would be an interesting. Interesting way to play Clue, but... We play Clue pretty hardcore in our household. Like, it's... Like, we 
finish the game in like four rounds sometimes because like we play it intense. <laughs> but wow. not with mom's the other dad's side of the family. Like we play Clue intensely. You write down all the facts from the first two or three rounds and then you make your guesses. Yeah, they like, yeah. We no, go hardcore, but they... I'd like to do it a game where you don't even know what you're showing the other person and see how long that takes us. Which again would be Isn't so... that like playing charades with the, the thing on your forehead? <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's <laughs> the thing. I'm like, I, I like this, but it would definitely take some more development, I feel, because that's the whole point, is that you're only supposed to be showing them within the confines of what they're asking. So yeah. if you don't know they which don't ones ask. you're but showing them, But it'd be different, them, it'd be like... You, I think you would just have to you organize, know like you have oh. to organize your cards by still the three types. Okay, I want to, okay, next time, which, um, and Ken's has like this super clue thing where we haven't played yet, which has extra people and players. Clue Masters Edition, I think it's from edition. like the 80s. Yeah, but it's got more. Okay, so y'all like play, but then I get to be like the one that's not playing. I get to be the one that shows your cards to people. So then one I can show determines. within the, the confines of what... Because you're right, if you're asking But see, the all that does is just slow the game down. All that would do is just slow us down. Maybe, but it would be really interesting. It'd be like this whole, I don't know, social experiment thing. I feel like this is a thing where it'd be like really interesting to see how that worked and, and what it did to the game. To We'll do it, okay? I, <laughs> we'll yeah. do it. I want to see how I, I feel like, yeah, we need to that, make this a thing at some point. <laughs> my point is that, you know, in the same way of like not even knowing what card you show or like, you know, someone gets to read one page from your diary and you don't get to know what page it is, right? But they know that about yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's, yeah. The look on Tansen's face right now, right? Like, yeah, that's. I don't even know what's in there anymore. Exactly. As somebody who's stolen both your diaries and read them? No. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me more nervous if I kept one. <laughs> so, anyways, point is, is that I, I think Kincaid personally is a little bit, not offended isn't the word, but just reluctant to this yeah, hold it down like new that. world. Yeah. <laughs> Again, and I think with anybody in any way, like we were just saying, whether you read our diary or the rom-com scenario or whatever, right? It's that suddenly that moment of, I didn't get to share this thing about me with you somehow or someone else. It's less of control. And yeah, right? That that non-consent, you know? It's like, you know, but I didn't give you permission to know or get to tell you in the way I was going to, so yeah. So Harry checks in with Murphy and she sort of feigns that she's fine. Kincaid sort of takes over and has Murphy lower her gun and volunteers to take the thralls out of the building. He tells them, don't go into the basement without me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Twitch Jensen's like, no fucking shit. He's <laughs> like, yeah, remember this is the part where I'm supposed to pay you tons of money? Yeah, this is why. <laughs> like, I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. I like how we go from the whole, like, emotional of what we've seen. And then we just get back into it, too, where the guy that Murphy took out with a shotgun apparently does not do attractive things when you take shots at people with a shotgun from close range. So that already is just, like, disgusting and gross. And then, like, like Kincaid's got his thing, like, buried up to the hill. Like, it's just, like, all of a sudden you go back to the very visceral, very just, like, ew, gross, blood, gut, squish, gorm. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, it's, and then he's like, I'm going to just walk these people out. You guys just hang tight a second. <laughs> it's hard to write science fiction fantasy because you have to go back and forth so quickly between the ethereal oh, and the cool and the murder, oh, blood and guts. Right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like... Yeah, there's a lot in this this whole this it's chapter. Like, like this chapter and the next is very just, just shoved in there in little details. Yeah, this this whole vampire nest thing just weirdly not a fun place. Yeah. No, just gross and gritty and just. We can see yeah. that Murphy is not. She's trying to pretend she's doing well, but she is. Well, she's yeah, not really doing well. No, because well, not only all this, but she's got literally like right, like she's got like the spray of blood and stuff that's not even from like her, whatever, it's from like this guy that she just suddenly had to and that's the thing is like you say how fast she reacted and she has to re react so much faster because again she doesn't have even the quote unquote comfort seeing what Dresden saw right like she doesn't have that conviction for herself as far as Murphy knows there's just six people standing there 
and then all of a sudden you start blasting away at one of them and the other ones are all just like okay and you right whereas at least Dresden gets to know oh yeah this one's fucked up coming off of a book of a few books ago too when Harry was fully aware of the trauma that she'd had on her soul and he's a little bit like Okay, we're gonna make it worse, bro. <laughs> you with me? <laughs> yeah. So you know what happened to you? It's probably gonna, like some of that's like what's happened to these people. But instead of like being all like comforting and saving them like we were trying to do with you, you're just gonna have to kick them in the teeth and add, you know, like physical trauma to the whole Much mental, more. emotional, and psychic trauma. And you know, you cool with that? That's okay, right? Even though you just have to take my word on it and go with it. And- I like the way Butcher wrote it though, that she, you know, compartmentalizes to like a near silence, right? It's only when they're really insisting on her to talk. She otherwise is like, removing herself as much as possible I think yeah just don't make me participate and comment and reassure and contend with this just let's go just fucking keep yeah. going right now and now's not the time shut the fuck up yeah don't blame her at all and yeah I, I do love that too like yeah when Kincaid goes and he's all trying to do the reassurance thing like shut the door and hey Murph it's not your fault and she's just like Harry shut the fuck up Harry finishes up his checks and Kincaid is returned who obliges with a singular door-opening kick, which is impressive and equally scary, (laughs) which is immediately followed up by soft, creepy laughter from the basement. (laughs) I don't like that at all. No. (laughs) We weren't sure about it being a trap or not before. (laughs) Well, even right. Dresden's like, form up. Which sounded so much better than you guys go first. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah. There is this uh, one last final moment, too, though, where Harry is like, we're here to save people. Yes, that's the other thing. He's like, hey, so we're going to go find the hostages first. Hostages? <laughs> it's like an ostrich only. <laughs> so they have their heads and bags on the floor? <laughs> yes, I'm a break. It might. They have those people being held against their will. They have really tiny necks. <laughs> As it turns out, they do. I'm still stuck on this. <laughs> Lots of variations of so hostages many, going on. <laughs> Sorry. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. We need a little, you know, levity after all that. <laughs> He's all like, okay, so we know there's hostages. We're going to go get them first and then deal. And Kincaid's like, are you fucking out of your mind? That's a great way to die. Deal with the bad guys first and then worry about. And Harry's like, mm, no. <laughs> and then Murphy makes the point so much more eloquently. <laughs> How good's that armor? All right, we're going to get the hostages first. Thanks. Apparently she gets two (laughs) shut the fuck up moments in there. (laughs) This concludes our episode 12.22, Angels and Demons. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and mcanalys.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Ponder by it at your own risk.